This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Hi, it's Craig Huey of Huey Alert, and I'm here with my beautiful bride, Shelley. And we saw an amazing movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom. You may have heard about it or seen it. It's uh, shocked everybody because it's so powerful and because it's done so well in the theaters and it deals with the terrible, horrific story of child trafficking, the human trafficking of children. And I thought it'd be a good idea to take a look at this from the eyes and vantage point as somebody who's in the trenches in human trafficking, someone who knows all about it, Aaron Spradlin. And Aaron, unique background, special forces, private contractor in, in Afghanistan, well, worked with the, as a team leader with freeing people uh, with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. And he's been involved in private security protection for celebrities and executives and actors and many more. But in 2016, Aaron did something that was a passion. And that was devoting his time, his resources, and his whole organization to fighting child sex trafficking, starting in South and Central America, but then working into the U.S., shocked by how much he, he saw happening right in every single major city, even in small towns in the United States. So in 2021, uh, Aaron uh, founded a group called the Mission America Foundation, and it's dedicated to empowering military vets to utilize their specialized skills to help stop child trafficking. And so uh, here's Aaron. Aaron, I'm so glad to have you with us. Uh, And uh, I think that this is going to be a great program. Aaron, here's my first question for you. How in the world did you get involved in this this whole issue of uh, helping stop child sex trafficking that's plaguing the world? Well, I'll tell you, it was um, in my background, I come from the military and the private sector as far as in the Department of State, Department of Homeland Security. So I spent my whole career just protecting people. And I really didn't know anything about um child human trafficking. I saw the movie. I saw Taken and it was horrible, but you know, you just look at it from a different places. Like all that happened over in Paris and this is, this was what happened. And then one day it was, uh, it was February of 2016. I had my regular regimen. I went to the gym and I worked out and what I would do is I would go in and I would take a very cold shower and I would take uh, or go into the steam room and then I would take a very cold shower and I'd go into the dry sauna. So I was at the sauna point of this and I walked into the dry sauna and uh, I sat down and uh, I was going to do 15 minutes. I remember looking at the clock right across from me. I'm going to be out at like 915. That's what I'm leaving. And all of a sudden I started getting goosebumps from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And the first thing I thought was, oh, oh no, I'm having a stroke because I went hot, cold, hot, cold. <laughs> I've messed myself up. And then boom, out of nowhere, I'm in Iraq. Yes. In that moment. And, you know, people were, people want to say, oh, it was a flashback. It was, just, I was in Afghanistan. I've never been to Iraq. Mm. I knew exactly where I was. Um, I could smell it. I could taste it. I could feel it. And then in a non-audible 
but a very powerful message to me. All your training, all your resources, all your people, go save my people. Mm. Wow. And, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. I, I really didn't. I, I looked up and I'm like, are you sure you're talking to the right person? And, um, and oddly enough, it was very quickly within, within about two and a half weeks. I knew exactly where I was supposed to be and I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, I guess, uh, you know, I wouldn't do anything else. Wow. So it, it sounds to me, it sounds to me like you, you, for lack of better word description, it sounds to me like you had maybe a vision and, if I can be so bold to say that God downloaded that on you and you knew right then what you needed to do. What do you think? I knew I was supposed to do something. I knew <laughs> I was supposed to do something. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I originally thought I was, I originally thought I was supposed to go to I, uh, Iraq and rescue Christians from ISIS persecution. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and within, I mean, goodness gracious, that side of the story is so intense. Uh, how it got there, and one person said my name and on this side of the country, and another person said my name on the other side of the country, and it all came together in my truck on my way to Evansville, Indiana, in a phone call, and uh, let's see, a month and a half later, I was in South America doing an undercover rescue. It moved wow. that fast. Wow. Insane. Well, now, now, now the, the, this whole thing with child trafficking, it, it seems mm-hmm. to be a multi-billion-dollar business overseas, and the sound of freedom kind of emphasized the overseas nature of it. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us about the U.S. I mean, is it really here in the U.S.? Um, well, it's a hundred and fifty billion-dollar industry global. If you saw the uh, end of the movie, there's a little line that goes across there that says the number one um, consumer of child trafficking is the United States. And yeah. yes, um, we're worse than everybody else. Nobody wants to say that. You know, the reason that we've had so much momentum is, is because of Tim and Sound of Freedom, and I'm very grateful. As I don't know, your audience probably doesn't know, but I worked for Tim for seven years um, mm. in, a, uh, in a contracting <clears throat> capacity as, as an undercover so officer. T- so tell us, who, tell us, uh, tell us who Tim is in case those that are listening have not heard or seen the movie. Um, what, what is his, what is his role in the movie? So the entire movie is based off of him. It's, it's okay. a story of his life coming from the, coming from the government perspective of, of working against uh, internet crimes against children, crimes against children, mm-hmm. rescuing children that were American children in other countries. And he got to the point where our reach wasn't big enough because the government can only do so much in other countries, right? Mm. And so he left his government job. He started a foundation with a great deal of help from Lynn Beck and um, started the Operation Underground Railroad. And I have been um, lucky enough, or um, whatever word you're looking for, to have uh, been a part of that organization for some time and got to work with some of the greatest, bravest people on the planet. And we've rescued children and we've put bad guys in jail and it was beautiful. But in that same, in that same breath, I'm like, 
let me look at the statistics and let's take a look at the United States. I'm really concerned that I can fly into any country in South America and within 15 minutes, they're approaching me as a white portraying myself wealthy, you know, gringo huh, yeah. that they're, 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 they're approaching me because that's who comes to have the sex with the children. Yeah. They're so used to it. They think that's the only reason I'm there. Wow. It doesn't have anything to do. I may, I may be there to, you know, I want to go to the beach. I, I want to play golf um, in, in South America, Central America. I want to, I want to be on vacation. No, they, uh, they expect me. I went to a tiki bar one time in the Dominican Republic. I had walked out of my hotel. I'd got flew in, took a shower, got out of the shower, walked, you know, right back into being completely soaking wet because the Dominican Republic's humidity is so high. But I walked to the, uh, I walked to the tiki bar and within three minutes I had an American at the tiki bar asking me what I needed. He's like a concierge for the island. He's like, you want boys? You want girls? Young? Old? What do you need? Baby, you need some Coke? You need some, you need some weed? I got you. And it was an American that was trying to sell me this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that, I started doing the research more and more. And I saw how big of a problem it was in the United States. I don't have to go to Romania or Ukraine or Honduras or Nicaragua or Dominican Republic or Peru. I can go to Brentwood, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I can go to Smyrna, Tennessee. I can go to Nashville. I can go to, you know, Lubbock, Texas. I can go anywhere in the United States and it's in the town that I'm in. I don't have to go out there and find these kids. They're here. Now, I will tell you this. I'm very, very happy to announce without announcing who and what and when and where. But a bus just went down this morning for one of the most vile human beings on the planet. And this guy was a Christian life coach. He was an entrepreneur that made bunches of money. He brought more people into his realm. He was like a Williamson County uh, Grant Cordon or whoever. He thought he was that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Guess where he's sitting right now as of this morning? Prison. He is sitting in <laughs> Williamson County Jail. Look at that. And oh. he's not getting out. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Good. And when they find out what he's done, it's not going to be good for him. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. Sometimes the justice system doesn't have time. So you're saying wherever somebody is, whether they're in New York or California, if they're in Texas or Michigan, they've got a problem in their local community and it Absolutely. deals with human trafficking. Tell us um, uh, what a couple of experiences that you have seen uh, involving uh, young uh, uh, women or, or kids. or, or uh, w- 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 it, When I say human trafficking here in the U.S., what, am, what is it that we're talking about? Okay. So first and foremost, you have to understand that the human trafficking element is not necessarily – putting them in a car and trafficking them to another place. So okay. I want to be clear Two, prostitution is not, um, what these people choose to do. Okay. Uh, it is being forced against your will to do something for someone else, whether it be labor or sexually related. That is human trafficking. That is, you are using that person as a product for your benefit. Just to be clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not, you know, they're not pulling a kid off the street and putting them on an airplane and flying them to Saudi Arabia and selling them to a sheik or, or to a king over there for $150,000. Though that happens, that's not what we're talking about. 
For example, I'll give you a really horrible example. In East Tennessee, the parents like to sell their children for sex so that they can get meth. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, there have been, we had a 12 year old come over here uh, in a restoration program that I sister is a sister group to me. And that 12 year old uh, grandma was pimping her. Mm. You can go yeah. down the runaways. Now let's talk runaways for a moment. So, and I have to explain this so you understand. And we did a, we did a really nice ride along a couple of weeks ago with a publication and we're doing, we did another one this last week with an even bigger publication, except they videoed it um, just so that you can see what is going on in the city. Yes. And, and this is, you know, this is where I live. This is where we live. Right. And this is happening all around us. Um, without destroying the soul of your audience, I'm not going to tell you about the guy that we just, that just got arrested today because of the, the, the vile nature of what he was doing. Wow. Um, but the trafficking piece of this, and then if you're familiar, we had, um, well, I was, I'll stay on task. We went out the other night and we had, I think we had 14 women that we came across. Okay. 14 women being controlled by a very powerful gang in Southeast Nashville. Now, when I say powerful, I mean powerful nationally, nationwide power. And um, we had every possible way to get them out. Now, these are grown women. It's not that they're children. They're grown women. They started when they were children, and they've been trapped ever since. But because they were so fearful of being murdered or their friends being murdered or their children being murdered, if they didn't do what they were told, they wouldn't come with us. And when I say come with us, I say, you've got a couple of gang guys standing over here with, you know, nine millimeters. And I've got a team of my guys behind me with, you know, a lot more firepower. We had the ability to take them with us and they were so afraid they wouldn't do it. So, you know what they'll do? They'll stay on the streets. They'll live in the woods they live in the woods. They don't even live in homes. They, they go to the hotels to sell themselves just so they can have a shower. Wow. Mm. It's such a manipulation of the human spirit mm-hmm. and the bad guys are brilliant with it. They're so, they're so well organized all the way down to the lowest street thug, all the way up to the head of the cartel. Mm-hmm. It's so organized. And then if it's not that, you know, it's families that are doing it. I'm working a case in North Atlanta right now where three of the family, the, the brother, the brother, and the father, are involved in child porn. Wow. It's not, it's not even organized crime. It's, they're involved in, in child porn, and they're selling it to whoever will buy it, which is a lot of people, um, whether it be, you know, the regular search porn or the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, um, the dark web porn. And people are willing to pay the money, but these guys are producing it. Yeah. So it's not organized crime. It's not gangs. It's not, it, it's bankers. Mm. The largest bust in the state of Tennessee in the last decade was in Knoxville in May of 2016, 42 people were arrested and the head of the organization that was trafficking the children was the youth pastor of the church. Wow. Sick. And that one you can Google. Yeah. It's everywhere. So this is the, and the, uh, you know, I, I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think part of my frustration, and I was telling Craig this, with the movie, is that it truly was just an awareness piece, in my opinion. 
And it was the, Correct. the the fuel for it was to, you know, at the end, their call to action was get more people to come watch the movie. And I, I left there so um, upset because it wasn't, uh, here's the real action. First of all, everyone should know the, you know, the national hotline for, for human trafficking right. at a minimum. But, and then the, the movie could have easily, easily put out things to, to be on the lookout for in your yes. city as to what yes. human trafficking looks like because no <laughs> one has a clue. And, and you know, Nobody. I, no, no, not at all. So Aaron, I'm going to, I'm going to tell, <laughs> I need you to tell this audience, what does it look like? Let's pretend for one second you're driving and you stop at a gas station, which everybody's uh-huh. done and they see something that looks a little fishy, what would that be? How right. would that fall into, this This is human trafficking, I need to call someone right now. What would that look like? You, you right. tell them. It varies, okay, but um, I'll use an example and then I'll tell you some of the signs. I had a woman that came through, um, I guess she heard me speak somewhere about see something, say something, and the signs to look for. And to, you know, just to be, um, more aware than we usually are. I mean, I'm currently talking to you in my truck, in a parking lot of my gym, and I'm watching the parking lot, even though I'm talking to you. I'm looking around, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have to look at my, my phone because I'm talking to you. Uh, this particular woman was with her daughter shopping um, in um, Brentwood, Tennessee, and it was during the time we had some ice and snow, so it's pretty cold. They went across the street to have some lunch, but they ate the lunch in their car. They got to go and they ate it in the car. They're sitting in the car, and the car pulls in with out-of-state tags. And um, this young girl, probably 13, gets out of the car, and she's wearing shorty shorts and a halter top. It's maybe 18 degrees outside, right? Right there's a sign. This is not right. Mm -hmm. So she gets out, and she gets out, and she goes to to the ladies' room. But it's a, a ladies' room with more than one, um, you know, facility inside it. So this woman tells her daughter, stay in the car, get in the floorboard, lock the doors. I'll be right back. So she goes inside. The bad guy's still sitting in his car. She goes in because that girl can't get anywhere. She's going to come right back out that front door and get back in the car because, one, it's freezing, and, two, he's her ride. So the woman goes into the, into the uh, excuse me, the bathroom, and she says, are you okay? And she said, no, the young lady said, no. And she said, are you supposed to be with that man? And she said, no, that woman immediately called Brentwood police department. Brentwood police department showed up within three minutes. They arrested the guy for kidnapping other charges went with it, but she had been kidnapped out of Texas and was on her way to Louisville to be sold. And because this one woman recognized something that just didn't fit the matrix, you know, it doesn't look right. There's a glitch. Right. Um, And so with that glitch, um, it was enough to raise her, you know, her thought. And she saved that girl's life. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's beautiful that she did that. It's, it's either going to be so subtle or it's going to be so in your face. For instance, Mm -hmm. Um, if you go into a gas station, like you said, I'm pulling into a gas station, you walk through the front door, you're going into, you've got gas, you may have used the, the, the men's or ladies room, 
You come back out, you see somebody come in with a person that's younger than them. Now, that could be a grandchild, that could be a daughter, that could be a son, that could be, there's so many things it could be, right? Mm -hmm. But just that second glance as to whether or not that person looks malnourished, that person looks um, afraid, Mm -hmm. that person may have tattoos on their body, even though they're 15. Mm-hmm. And evidently, I mean, really, you can. There's plenty of evidence that they're 15 because you can see the innocence. Um, they may be poorly dressed, or they may be very well dressed, depending on whether or not they're being sold at the moment. Now, when I say sold, I mean for an hour. They're not being sold to other people for life. They're being sold for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if you're looking at the the ones that are in schools, they may be um, combative. They may be lashing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, becoming a little bit more aggressive in school. I believe that every educational institution, at least in this county, if not in the state throughout this country, should have to go through a human trafficking awareness part of their mm-hmm. um, in process for the beginning of the school year. We're working right now to get that into universities in Tennessee during orientation. And this is a thing that we don't just tell women and girls. We tell boys and men, too. Right. Because labor trafficking is real as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a case here. I don't know. It's been about three years ago now where you had um, a Latino man and two Asian descent. Uh, I think one was from China. I think the other one might have been from, you know, um, Korea. They were in Clarksville against their will indentured servants being forced to work in the kitchen at a restaurant and pay off their debt for getting here. Mm. Well, the thing about that is they never pay off their debt. Yeah. You know, as hard as they work for, you know, $5 an hour and they have a $5,000 debt, it's a lot of hours. But (laughs) the person that got them here says, well, you're under my roof. You're using my electricity. You're eating my food. You're, you're showering my water. You're doing all these things. That number never goes down because five dollars will never get to five thousand. Right. And wow. that's the same with you know some of these some of these girls. I had I have another girl that I'm I'm working with right now that was taken out of uh, Lawrenceburg. Now, at 18, she became a stripper. Okay. Well, she was a very pretty uh, young African American girl, and somebody saw her at the strip club. Somebody with um, you know, uh, what do they call um, no, no good intent, right? So he sees he sees her at the strip club and he offers her a job in Los Angeles because she's so pretty. Now think about this for a minute. Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. All right? There's not a whole lot going on in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And you've got this beautiful young lady that's 18 years old and you promise her Los Angeles. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just for a minute. The lights, the glitter, Hollywood, all of that appeal. I'm going to take you out there. I'm going to start marketing you as a model. Now, you're still going to have to strip a little bit, you know, just to, you know, eat. But go out to Los Angeles, and um, uh, we're going to make you famous. So she goes to Los Angeles, and she's working at a, a little bit more upscale, if you want to call it that, strip club, as opposed to whatever they have in, you know, Lawrenceburg. I don't know. And then... Because he flew her out there, she owes him. He has her phone. He has her wallet. He has anything and possibly get her back home. Yeah. Now, okay, you're at the strip club. Now you have to do some other things for me. And then she fell into that realm. Wow. 
he moved it from Los. He moved it. He moved it from Los Angeles and moved her to Phoenix, Arizona, to do the same thing. Now she's under his control. If she does not do what she's told, his friends in Lawrenceburg are going to kill her family. Mm. Now she's forced to do this. Yeah. Somehow, oh. by the grace of God, she gets out of Phoenix, Arizona. So gets her wallet and her phone and gets home to Nashville and goes back to Lawrenceburg and then we got her into a program. Oof. Awesome. Aaron, uh, this is um, so devastating. Just hearing uh, the, briefly the few stories that you gave. And um, I know our audience uh, would like to know what they can do to be able to help kids, uh, help, help people that are involved in this type of uh, horrific uh, human trafficking. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us, how, how can our audience be mobilized to, to do something positive uh, to help the kids, help the, the, the now, girls? I always, I always start with um, there has to be um, a legal way to do things better. So um, my, my counterpart, I'm the chairman of the board of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and my counterpart, Aaron Gulbison, is the Faith and Freedom Director for the state of Tennessee. And what that does is we fight really hard in the uh, um, state assembly to change laws, to bring new laws to the table, to, to put fiscal notes attached to things that can put more money in the hands of law enforcement to combat this, right? So when I say that, you as an audience, reach out to your representatives. Reach out to the people that can change the laws, that can make the, the punishment harder or harsher um, for not only the um, facilitators, uh, since we're using, you know, the good words, the facilitator, but the Johns. Um, if you knowingly have sex with a child, they should put you in prison for life. Um, it was not too long ago. It was in 2000, um, I believe. Um, your producer can correct me if I'm wrong, but we had an income tax that was supposed to come to the state of Tennessee. And the people rallied like never before to fight a state income tax. Um, the late uh, uh, Phil Valentine was in, you know, the, the spearhead of this using his platform, using um, it to get the people to stand up and fight against the income tax, right? That's a little bit more money we have to pay out to um, the government. These are children. We need that same kind of effort to stand up at the Capitol, beep the horns during session, be loud just to save children. We need to make this the most important thing in this country that we fight. Yes, we want you know, um, better roads and we want cheaper gas and we want inflation to go down and we do our elections. And we No, fight for these poor, innocent children. Now, that's one thing you can do. Number two, go to any um, search out there. I don't know whatever your, um, your platform is that you use and um, look up signs of human trafficking. Um, it, there, Homeland has a really good one. I'm actually on right now. Um, the FBI has a really good one. Tennessee Bureau of Investigation has a good one. Educate yourself to um, understand what it looks like more than just this podcast and us talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, three, volunteer. These children need love. These children need to know that the world is not as evil as they have been forced to believe that it is. Um, you can go to missionamericafoundation.com, sign up to be a volunteer. We work hand in hand with another restoration company, or excuse me, restoration organization that takes these children in, 
They feed them. They get them. They get them the counseling and the therapy that they need. They get um, they get to know what it is to actually live like a real child again, uh, and and move forward into you know hopefully a somewhat normal life after a, um, they get into adulthood. Um, you can you can do all kinds of different things to um, to help, but when it comes down to prevention. So I am a private security consulting firm and our motto is always stay left of bang. And what left of bang means is be ahead of the explosion before it happens. Mm, All right. So if you can get ahead of this, then it doesn't happen to your child. Um, These monsters are so sophisticated. They know how to get to your children, which means you have to be involved in their life more than you think you are. All right. We are so consumed by our tablets and our phones at the society that the bad guys know this. All right. I can go online right now and I can start a profile. I can start a profile as a 14 year old girl on Facebook. What do I use to log into everything? My Facebook login. So if I want to get into a chat room in a game that these kids play, I can go in there and for the next year, I can just converse with this girl that I found in this chat room as a 14-year-old girl. Then what do I do? I, as a 14-year-old girl, say, hey, let's have a play date. My mom will come. Your mom can come. They can meet each other. I really want to know you in person. I want to be your friend, and I don't live far from you, so we could actually be friends. They've already taken advantage of the fact that this person that they're talking to might be an introvert or very shy, um, very sad. And then they have this light that comes to them. They search for this. They're predators. You go to a park after you set the play date. You sit down. Um, Sally goes out to play on the, uh, on the playground. And mom gets on her iPhone because we know as predators, the predators that are out there, they know you're going to do this. You get on your iPhone to check your social media, to do whatever. You're so focused. You look up and Sally's gone. Wow. It's awareness. Yeah. It's being involved in your children's lives. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter where you are. That doesn't matter if you're in Williamson County, Tennessee, or you're in uh, Hohenwald, Tennessee, or you're in New York City. It doesn't matter. You have to be involved all the time. I joke because my son is six foot five and 250 pounds in a Division One college tight end. I still know what he's doing. I'm not a helicopter dad. I just know what he's doing because I'm involved. He's a grown man. He's 21 years old, but I still know what he's doing. I knew what he was doing when he was six. I know what he's doing at 21 because I love him and I want nothing to happen to him ever. So you have to be that proactive in your parenting. Now, uh, used to be when we all grew up, they just threw us out the front door and they said, come back when the streetlights come on and we could do that. But that's not the way the world is anymore. The devil has control of this planet and he, thrives on this so and, and aaron l- go l- ahead l- let me ask you this uh as we begin to wrap it up here l- l- let me just ask you this um how can people contact you if they really want to learn more they want to get involved they want to they want to do something to help well they can come and they can sign up for us uh at the mission america foundation.com Okay. We send out newsletters. Okay. We we tell you about we tell you about things that are happening in the state and in the country. Um, they have an opportunity where they can volunteer. And and since I, I'll be perfectly honest, since this movie happened and the 
the, the switch went on that this is a thing that's been so stifled. Um, more and more people are wanting to get involved one way or the other. Um, I don't recommend that they go do what we do. I do recommend that they volunteer for, you know, the, the, the restoration centers, um, whether that be they come in once a weekend and they just help feed the girls or the boys or the children. Um, you know, share the message with your friends at work, with your friends and your family, with your, with your um, coworkers, your church. You have to continue to talk about this, but when you talk, everybody in the world is that. Have you seen the movie? I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen the movie. Uh, I've lived the last 40 minutes of that movie for the last seven years, multiple, multiple times. And um, I immediately shift the conversation to the United States. Every two minutes, I think Senator Blackburn put it out there. Of course, she's a huge uh, fighter in this, in this realm. Uh, she was responsible, partly responsible for shutting down Backpage. But um, you, what you do is a child, uh, what I was getting to, a child is sold in this country every two minutes for sex. Every two minutes in the freest country in the world. And so um, by having that awareness, again, when you say, what can you do? You have to share the message, but you have to share the message. The movie was powerful, but this happens everywhere. In, in 2016, 70, 72 counties out of 95 in the state of Tennessee reported child trafficking under the age of 13, 72. Now it's 95 out of 95 counties. And wow. that means it's happening in every city, every county in this state, let alone this country. And think about where we live. We, are, uh, we have a supermajority on the conservative Christian side of things if, if you know, we're going to politicize this. But we're ninety five out of ninety five. So, so when I hear when I hear that the um, the cry is not, oh look, this is a thing that's happening. The cry is, it is happening in your backyard. You need to do something now. And everyone that's listening, you need to go to Mission America Foundation. Is that Foundation. what it is? A Mission yep. America Foundation dot com. Look at their whole website. There's a pull-down menu where you can volunteer. And uh, you know what? You will be a huge asset to helping rescue these kids. We, we hear from that movie, Rescue God's Kids. God's kids need rescue. God's kids can't be sold. You know, all these statements that people are making in, uh, you know, on, online about this movie. Now do something. It's not a question, do you have time? You do something. Because it could be your child or your grandchild. It could be somebody you know and love that this happens to. And you do not want to go down that track. So, um, Aaron, I, I just have to ask you, is there, is, what is the one thing that we can pray for for you? <laughs> oh, goodness. See, you asked me that. It, 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 it overwhelms me. Yeah. If you ask me how you can pray for our, our guys that, and our girls that are involved in this fight, um, pray for their souls. Because the things that we see, the things that we know, are very, um, very hard to deal with. Mm. So we talk through that. Um, we try to talk through that. When you When you unfortunately pull back the veil on this, you see the most heinous things in the world and don't understand how this can happen 
mm. or why this happens um, to the most innocent uh, in the world. So I ask you to pray for their souls um, so that they can go to sleep at night without the nightmares and what they've seen and what they've been involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that fights this uh, has a little bit of internal trauma. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have, uh, I have seen it fail. Um, we had a girl that we were trying to rescue in Jackson in 2019 that we didn't get to in time and, and they murdered her. And that, that was a very, very hard time for me, hmm. but pray for their souls and pray for them to keep moving forward Yeah, because the fight is just getting started. Right. right. And we need an army mm-hmm. of people um, all throughout the world fighting this. Yeah. Um, it's so prevalent. Like I said, it, when I started in 2016, it was a $30 billion industry globally. Now it's a $150 billion industry in a very short amount of time. Right. It will surpass drugs. Well, yeah. The reason she, it will surpass drugs let, Aaron, is because can, what he said in the movie. Uh, go ahead. Can I, can I pray for you yeah. as we close yeah. right now? Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for Aaron. I praise your name that you've not only trained him in strategic warfare, boots on the ground warfare, you've given him wisdom that's beyond understanding to be able to deal with this situation. And Lord, I thank you that you're protecting not just him, you're protecting his family and you're protecting all the men and women that, that volunteer and go out and rescue these kids. And right now, Lord, I, I want to lift up every single kid, boy and girl, man or woman, that's been trafficked, whether it's sexual trafficking or, um, or manual labor trafficking, whatever type of trafficking it, it is, where they have been treated like, like property and trash and have been abused and destroyed physically, emotionally, and spiritually, Lord, you're the one that can supernaturally heal them. So we beg you for that healing right now to fall down on these kids as they're in these safe places that have been rescued, Lord. Give them that hope that can only come from you, the, the, that hope that there is future for them, that they're willing to step into a new future and to be guided and directed by people that truly love them and care for them. So, Lord, I pray right now that their souls will be healed and they'll be completely, totally transformed from the demonic things that have come against them to, to uh, knowing and understanding who Jesus Christ is in their life, not just as a Savior, from, the, from whatever they've gone through, but a Savior for eternity and a Lord of their life, Lord. So I thank you, God, that there will be people speaking truth to them that will give them the, the, the actual tools to be able to learn how to overcome, how to be able to fight the battles that they're in mentally. So, Lord, I thank you, God, that you're going to give incredible wins, uh, insight to every person that's working with these kids right now. And the kids that are are needing to be found, you're the one that can find them. You're the one that can direct these volunteers and these people that are actually going out and taking risks to find them. And we praise your name that this person was found and is in Williamson County Jail right now who has caused and wreaked demonic havoc on way too many kids. 
And I thank you, God, that, that there's more than an awareness now. We have an action tool. So I thank you for this uh, organization, Mission America Foundation, that it will flourish. It will be overwhelmed with volunteers. I thank you that you're mobilizing people on this podcast right now to recognize that they can be the answer. Get them on that website. Get them to volunteer. Get them to donate because that is the solution to the sounds of freedom is to be able to do something. So I thank you and praise your name for this broadcast. I thank you for Aaron. Continue to to lift him up with your Holy Spirit. Give him your power, your direction, and miracle after miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much. What a powerful prayer, Shelly. And Aaron, thank you for your, your time on this. And everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Please do this. Send this podcast out to your your friends and your neighbors, people on your email list, on your social media, on Facebook. Let's get this message out. Uh, let's do something uh, uh, that's going to have an impact on this whole tragedy of human trafficking. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener-supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.